Today's episode of Beyond the Rut is sponsored by Capshow, which is the ultimate AI content marketer for entrepreneurs who podcast, vlog, or live stream like yours truly. Stay tuned throughout this episode to discover more ways you can use Capshow for your content. For now, let's get straight into the episode. If you feel like your life is stuck in a rut, then this is the podcast for you. Welcome to Beyond the Rut, the weekly podcast about inspiring and equipping you to make your own path and live the life you've always dreamed of, Beyond the Rut. I'm one of your hosts, Jerry, and in just a moment, Brandon is going to join us as we have a conversation with Jody Mayberry. I met Jody Mayberry years ago. He's a podcaster, but he's also a consultant in marketing and just a a neat guy. He likes to build people up, and he's actually been a a big contributor to our show behind the scenes. It's been about three years since we had him on this show, so we thought it was way overdue for us to invite him back on, and he graciously agreed to be on the show. So here he is. We're going to be talking about, in this episode, how does he juggle eight active podcasts in the medium right now? And some of the things that he has learned in the years that he has been podcasting, how he processes his work and has created for himself this work-life balance that we all desire in the work we do, in the lives that we live. So sit back and relax, unless you're driving, then of course, stay safe and uh, listen to us have our conversation with Jody Mayberry. Here we go. Brandon, welcome back from that that huge Mexican lunch that we had. Because <laughs> that may have been a bad idea. This is like the Mexican food challenge, like carb load, and and bring on one of our, our favorite guests of all time that you never got to meet until now. Now, and that's Jody Mayberry. Jody, how are you doing? In the I believe you're you're still in the state of Washington, right? That's right, the great state of Washington. I'm doing fantastic, but things are getting better. Although it did start to rain today, and uh-huh. in true Northwest fashion, it's going to rain until. Next Friday, which there you, go. Is, <laughs> you you just deal with that when it comes. But other than that, I I bring my sunshine everywhere I go. There, there you go. go. I that's, love it. That's my plan too. I actually just got back from my own camping trip a couple hours ago, and it was misty the whole time. Like this park is usually dry as a bone, <laughs> and we had wet weather. Like it was just mist nonstop for two days. All my gear is wet, and I, I kid you not, I was thinking. I wonder if this is what it's like when Jody goes camping. <laughs> this is wet. This is just, everything's wet. Even the stuff I had covered in plastic got wet. Uh, but anyway, I'm glad that you're back on. And then Brandon was like, I don't remember us interviewing Jody. I'm like, yeah, because you had to work that day. And I told you we're still doing it. And I, yeah, I hogged that interview all to myself. That's what was so yeah. great about today. Now that we're independently wealthy, we don't have to work anymore and we get what, to what? just hang out and talk to Jody. I and get the, <laughs> I need to talk to my wife. I didn't know we, what? <laughs> yeah. Jerry, I think there's something he hasn't told you yet. <laughs> Are we actually making money on this show? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all. <laughs> Brandon, we got to talk. <laughs> Turns out being a close and personal friend of Rob Lowe is really paying off now. He, you know, he didn't unblock you. <laughs> he did not unblock you. Not uh, yet. Someday. <laughs> now, for those of you tuning in with us for the first time, uh, I met Jody, well, through Twitter, uh, because I'd mm-hmm. followed your show and I, I followed, uh, Jared Easley's Star of the Doubts years, oh, yeah, about a year or two before we even got into the podcasting space ourselves. Back in the and, old days. And yeah, <laughs> the old days. Uh, and it all, and then we actually connected because there was this whole thing with Nutella, like, um, <laughs> Jared and the other host at the time were talking about like the whole idea around like, do you even lift bro? Like that was like a hashtag at the time. And, and I, I think while they were joking about that, 
um, Jody's in the background and he just happened to like dip his fingers into a Nutella jar and he's <laughs> licking the Nutella off his fingers. And the other host was like, man, for, J- uh, for Jody though, it's more like hashtag do you even Nutella bro? And I, I almost got into a wreck that morning because I was laughing so hard and I wanted to write it down. I wanted to tweet. I was like, I can't, I'm driving. And then somebody swerved and almost hit me. And, uh, but I was laughing the whole time. As soon as I got into my parking lot at work, I, I tweeted uh, Jared and Jody, and and that was it. Hashtag Do You Even Nutella Bro has been like this go. running gag for I think four, maybe five years. It is now the number two hashtag on Twitter. It's the number one for <laughs> hashtag Do You Even Nutella Bro. There uh, you go. <laughs> well, there's a good story in that, Jer- Jerry, that you you didn't just enjoy it and then – Go into work. You took the time to tweet. And now look, years later, we're still in touch. We're still having yeah. fun. All because you took the time to do that. And most people never would. They yep. never do. Just oh, take man. the time to reach out. And it's been huge for us because not only have we gotten to know you and your show and learned from you, but that's how we met so many other people that there are a group of podcasters and people in our industry that are just so generous with time and, and just their encouragement and everything else. So that little hashtag joke kind of thing blew into a huge, uh, kind of Twitter thing of relationships that we've all built. Yeah. All from do you even Attila, bro? <laughs> yeah. Who would have thought? Yep. <laughs> uh, That's crazy. So. Speaking of Nutella, what is probably the number one food item that you think pairs well with Nutella? For me, it's croissants. <laughs> Just taking that off the table for you. <laughs> for me, it would be crepes. Oh, and nice. the first time I ever had Nutella was at a – we had a crepe shop called The Crepery here in Port Townsend, the oh, little town I live in. And one of their items was crepes with Nutella. And I even had to ask, what what is Nutella? <laughs> and I got it, and oh, man. Your it life's was never been the same. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I'm going to go home now. I'm like, Liv, we got to learn how to make crepes. Why? <laughs> Jody said they're the greatest. So, I'm, I'm going to, yeah. We're, Dugan's well, as far as crepes. I can tell, you just make very runny pancake batter and okay. then you have crepes. That's what I'm thinking. Give it a French name and it's good. There you go. You <laughs> can charge more for it if you call it a crepe instead of a pancake. Oh, know, a runny pancake. Yeah. No, it's a crepe. <laughs> crepe. Nutella. Crepe. <laughs> oh, and Jody, it's really great to have you back on the show. Um, now, since the last time we talked, I mean, again, three years, episode 27. Yeah. And this is crazy. I don't know the exact number yet, but it's going to be in the mid 160s, I think. Like one, oh. I'm going to guess. At least 100 and some odd yeah. uh, later. Yeah. Well, yeah. Anyway. So yeah, it's been a couple of years since the last time we had had you on and uh you were just now uh, just then building the momentum around your platform like you you would just launch the jody mayberry show you've been running strong with creating disney magic with lee cockrell uh you still had the park i still mess this one up the the park <laughs> leadership podcast park leader show yeah you park were close leadership. close enough Gosh. i think i'm giving it away which one i don't listen to <laughs> <laughs> i have time for two of them man uh but then then you were launching one with some real estate uh i believe salespeople and helping them market themselves through their show uh and and so just building momentum and, and then you shared with us just a moment ago before we started recording that you're now you've launched or you're launching your eighth running show. So it's not like you've had eight in the history of podcasting. It's like eight going on at one time. Um, what else have you been up to? <laughs> Is there time for anything else yeah. with all that? No, that there's the podcasting has been a big piece. Uh, we've 
Oh my goodness. In three years, I don't even know where to start, Jerry, but I'll just tell you currently, Lee Cockrell and I have some great stuff going on together. We do some li- a couple live events every year. The Creating Disney Magic podcast is still going strong. It's well over 200 episodes. I don't know, two, 220, somewhere yeah. in there. Jody Mayberry's show is in the, in the 120s of eight total podcasts. I'm, so this is my big thing right now. I currently am working on a podcast course because when you have eight active podcasts, people come to you and ask you a lot of questions. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I thought I can't, I can't answer everybody's question all the time. I try. I can't work with everybody that says, Hey, Jody, can you help me out? <laughs> but what I can do is take everything in my head and put it into a course. So I've been working on that. It's called podcast magic. And hey. that, that's been a lot of fun. Cool. I think what's great about you too is that generosity with your time and authenticity. You're like, you know, there's things I've tried that didn't work and, you know, I've made tweaks that work. Some don't. And we've had people on the show and uh, at different times they've kind of come across as this expert at what they do. And my favorites are always the one that's like, yeah, it turned out I didn't have the mic on or, you know, I didn't, I didn't think about the fact it's lightning outside and we're going to lose signal or whatever, you know, but you've always been willing to give that knowledge to people who were just willing to ask. And so part of your process of going through these podcasts are, you know, you're spreading a lot of knowledge for people like us, but what made you think this is going to be something I can really devote my time to and make part of my everyday life? I never meant for it <laughs> to be. It just kind of happened. So I, I had the park leader show, or as Jerry calls it, the park leadership show. <laughs> I had that show going, and then Lee Cockrell and I started creating Disney Magic. And then it turns out when you work with somebody like Lee and you do a good job, people start reaching out to you and saying, hey, can you do for me what you did for Lee? Yeah. And when people asked that, I thought, well, sure. I never meant to have all these podcasts, but <laughs> if people want help, if I can work with them, then let's do it. And as it goes on, you end up doing more and more episodes. I'm, I haven't done the numbers, so I can't give you exact, but I know for sure I'm closing in on 1000 total episodes. Wow. Oh, and man. I've done hundreds of interviews by now. And there was a time I had no clue what I was doing. Yeah. But you do a thousand episodes and you start <laughs> to figure it out. There you so, go. So I, I just never, I never meant to do this, but I found out I was good at it. Some of it comes from my park ranger background, just talking with people and understanding interpretation and how to tell a story and how to interview people. So some of that just came because of my background. Some of it came from practice. Some of it came from, gosh, I'm actually kind of good at this. Let's <laughs> do a little more. Then before you know it, it's been three years since I've been on your show, and now I've had a thousand episodes. And so to answer your question, when did I realize? I don't think I ever did. It's just It just kind of happened. That's pretty funny because those are always the best stories. It's like I just kind of happened in this and I said yes to a few things and then I kind of rolled with it. And next thing you know, you're, you're making a course on how to do this and you're, you're thinking, how did I become the expert? Well, it's almost accidentally, but a thousand shows will do that. Stay with us. We'll be right back. And now let's talk about how you can use Cap Show to repurpose and market your content. If you have a business like me, you can upload your cornerstone long-form content, like podcast episodes or YouTube videos, into CapShow, and it will create all your content marketing assets for you. And here's the coolest part. 
CapShow is more than just a robotic AI tool. It's a powerful blend of artificial and human intelligence designed by marketers to help you organically reach more of the right people on more platforms. Go to beyondtherut.com slash CapShow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day trial and see for yourself. Now, back to the show. Yeah, it will. And I even fought it a little bit. I would say I don't I don't want to be known for podcasting. <laughs> I, I do a lot of other things. That's not what I want to be known for. I finally gave in and said, okay, I'll be known for podcasting <laughs> and I, I'll help people. That's what led to doing the podcast magic course is just knowing, oh, I, I've got a lot that can help people. So here, here you go. Let's do it. What is a typical uh, day of recording and kind of, cause I, I know that we have a lot of people that listen to our show that, that want to start a podcast or maybe are considering it or thinking about it. What would a typical day look like for you of recording? Do you do batch recording or are you kind of almost every day? How does that look? My preference is to not record every day, but sometimes it happens. I have for all of last year and now this upcoming year, I've blocked Fridays off on my calendar, so I can take the day off if I want. I usually don't because I got too much work, <laughs> but I don't record on Fridays just to give myself and my voice a break. But let's just take a typical day, although there is no typical day, but I'm going to exaggerate a typical day that maybe I'll record three episodes or with three different people. Cause usually if I record with somebody, we'll do two episodes because we're together and everybody's busy. But here's one thing that I've learned. I used to try to cram everything in. So I would record for, let's say four hours straight, whether that's being a guest on someone else's show or recording for one of my shows that, that I work on. But I found that recording is a lot like being on stage. You're, you're, having a conversation, but it's, it's like a performance. You've got to be on, you've got to be enthusiastic. You've, you've got to enunciate very well <laughs> instead of mumbling. And like, maybe I do when I'm just having a regular conversation. And I used to just blow myself out at the end of the day, I would just be exhausted. And if I had a break in between shows, I would try to get work done. It took me a while to realize it just, just it just doesn't work. I was given too much. And I eventually started to take breaks. When I have a lot of recording, I had to say, oh, it's okay to sit down and read something or sit down and do nothing <laughs> in between. So when I, if I have, let's say, four episodes to record in a day, then I will record those with breaks in between. I won't do work in between episodes. And then at the end of the day, then I will start to take care of all the audio files and do that sort of thing. Right. So I don't know if I answered what a typical day is like, but the lesson I learned from all of that is it really is okay to take a break. Right. Now it sounds like Lee Cockrell made you go through his time management course. Is that the case? Is this <laughs> the product of that? <laughs> I think it's more product of discovery. Uh -huh. So I'm well aware of Lee's book and his course, I narrated the audio version of the <laughs> yeah. book. I helped him create that course. And so you, when you get that immersed in it, you just learn things. And I think my approach to time management was I, I went through Lee's stuff and I learned how to prioritize and work on important things and get rid of stuff that's not important. 
But what I was still doing wrong was just trying to cram too much into a day. It's important and, to pace yourself. Oh, it really is. And I didn't quite learn that from from Lee. Maybe I just needed to pay attention better, <laughs> but that just came from burning myself out too much. That's a good lesson. And we have people when they ask us, you know, I want to start a podcast or whatever. They don't understand how much energy one show takes, but your body has to be ready for it because like I'm a pastor and preaching on Sunday, it's like anything more than two services is exhausting because like you said, you have to be on. You're not just sitting around having dinner for two or three hours. You can talk and it's not that big a deal, but that's what this is. And so if you try to do things in between and we'll find when we batch record it, especially we'll just sit up here and we'll talk about Twitter or sports or politics or whatever. We're just kind of goofing off in between shows because if you don't pace yourself by that third or fourth one, you're just dead. And then you want to get it over with. So it's not a good show. Yeah, that's right. And I'm guessing this is true for you. It's true for me that the Brandon and Jerry that's behind the microphone is Brandon and Jerry times two, because you've got to kick it up just a little bit because you're performing. Right. And if it's times two, it takes at least twice the energy to to do shows. And so when you do a lot of shows, you just have to learn how to let yourself perform that much. We'd even learned from you from the first time that you and I talked that you actually stood up during that right. that interview. And I was like, that's a great idea. And so we've actually been doing that ever since. But you can tell the difference. Like when we were seated, you could definitely feel that energy was lower as opposed to when we're standing up, we're animated. Um, and if you're really listening, you could tell which ones when we batch record on Saturdays, where if they were the first two interviews of the day versus right. the third one yeah. of the day, yeah. <laughs> there's yeah. a big difference in the energy level. And with this one, though, we had a two-hour break between our last interview and, and chatting with you this morning. At, well, it's morning where you are. It's afternoon for us. <laughs> but yeah, anyway. <laughs> well, that and that's interesting because today, Brandon and Jerry are standing up and I'm sitting down. Yes. <laughs> I, I like to stand when I record, but today I just happen to be sitting down. I usually don't like to, but that that's was, where I'm at. So it, I, that's an interesting turn. You two are standing and <laughs> yeah. I'm sitting today. That's an interesting point because when Jerry first told me that, I was like, seriously? Yeah. And we went and listened and uh, thought about it. And it's like, yeah, the energy level is lower. And we've told other people that have come into the uh, room to hear us record and kind of learn from us. We've said, you know, that standing is a big deal from an energy level, but also you have to take into account how long a day you want. Because normally, and I didn't do it today, and I've been kicking myself for the last hour or so. Normally, I wear flip-flops everywhere all the time. But when we record, I usually wear my tennis shoes because I'm standing more. And uh, so in between shows and stuff, I'll sit down most of the time to kind of help my legs stay up. But I also do that on Sunday when I, when I preach. Anytime I'm not kind of needed to stand up, I sit down because I'm trying to conserve energy so I can get through the whole thing. And Saturdays are the same way with this. If you don't pace yourself and wear good shoes and think about that, bring a snack, some water, whatever. You're not going to get through that whole day. You're not going to feel as strong at the end as you did at the beginning. Mm -hmm. What you're getting at is true, whether you're podcasting or whatever you're doing. You just find what works for you, make adjustments from what you learn on other people and, and make it work. That That's what I've done over the five years I've been podcasting. I try new things, find what works, 
adapt what I learned from other people. And there you have it. Now, what's family like for you, like Christmas time and that kind of stuff when you go home and they're like, oh, you're a podcaster. What is that? And why, <laughs> how do you survive on that? And, you know, do you have, I'm assuming you still have a lot of people in your general circle that's like, what's podcasting? Why, how do you make money at that? <laughs> so after five years, are you still being judged? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure there's some people that, that think I'm, unemployed. (laughs) And I I was just back to my hometown of Peoria, Illinois for Thanksgiving. We had a huge Thanksgiving. Over 30 family members were there. It was big. And I don't even think it came up. (laughs) I, 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 I just don't, I don't think people know or understand or, so it just doesn't come up much. There there are people that don't know. And so they don't ask and (laughs) It's funny because for Christmas, Jerry got me this shirt that says, ask me about my podcast. And it's so funny wearing it because you got a podcast. I'm like, I've had a podcast for three years. How do you not know this yet? But there's always somebody you didn't reach. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, in the last three years, uh, I guess, what has been like your biggest uh, breakthrough moment? So we kind of heard about kind of a rut that you were facing that, that getting tired, you know, having to find that schedule and that rhythm to prevent burnout from happening, finding places to put breaks into place. Uh, but what's been like the biggest triumph, the biggest, ah, this is worth it moment for you in the last three years? Wow. There's been so much over the last three years. And I almost feel like I should give some big answer that <laughs> I was out in the field and the shining light came down. <laughs> but the, the things that have had the most impact on me have been small, like deciding I really need to sleep more and then letting myself sleep more. That doesn't sound like much, but oh man, if you start taking care of yourself, even though it means less hours worked in the day, you can get so much more done. And I've done a lot of little adjustments like that. Let let myself sleep more, say, say no more often, but just spend more time with the people that matter. And that sort of thing has made such a difference. And again, you, you would think I would give you some sort of productivity answer yeah. or along those lines but that hasn't been it for me the the things that have made a difference have have been devoting my time and attention to what matters the most one of those items being sleep i i do <laughs> i i sleep better now than i have in a while maybe it's cuz i lay off the natilla but <laughs> there you go. it it uh has made such a difference i get so much more done each day i feel better each day i wake up just ready to go instead of oh here here's another day so that that sort of thing has just made a difference for me what has been your biggest kind of moment for you that the thing that you got to do that you just thought growing up or maybe in in years past you thought i'll never be able to do something like this this has just been a really cool moment for me somebody you've interviewed or place you went or something like that well one of the items came i'm going to give you more than one example <laughs> even though you only asked for one. One of the items came early on. Lee Cockrell and I gave a presentation together somewhere. Now we do all sorts of things together. But the first time we ever were on stage together, I remember standing up there thinking, holy cow, how did this happen? (laughs) And then I look out in the crowd and and Bob Berg is in the audience, who's one of my favorite authors. You know, he wrote The Go-Giver and he's in the audience. And I remember thinking, this. I, I don't understand it. This, <laughs> this shouldn't have happened. Yeah. So that was the first one that I thought, man, this is this is really cool. And then 
to have the opportunity to do things with Lee Cockrell and Dan Cockrell and some of the things I've done at Disney, that has been a lot of fun. But I had one that just recently was, oh my goodness, this was so delightful. Lee Cockrell and I were doing an event in Indianapolis, Indiana. I said Indiana, but if I say Indianapolis, it's not <laughs> like you're going to think I'm talking about Kentucky what, or what Texas. What state's that in now? <laughs> <laughs> so we're doing an event in Indianapolis, and someone from the Indianapolis Zoo reached out, knowing we were going to be there, and said, big fan of the show. It's made such an impact. Would you come and to the zoo and get a backstage tour? Oh, oh man. Cool. And I thought, oh, that's really neat. And I said, hey, my family's traveling with me. Can they come? And she said, oh, sure. That, that'd wow. be a lot of fun. And we got to go backstage and feed the dolphins and pet the dolphins oh, wow. and, and do the hand motions so they could do tricks. And I remember thinking and looking at the joy on my children's faces and think, man, this all came from the work I do, from podcasting, wow. from using my voice. And now look at this. We're hanging out with dolphins. And part of me says... It's, it's just too good to be true. Yeah. It shouldn't happen. But you keep putting good work out into the world and you get good things back. Well, thanks so much for taking time out of your day to to hang out with us and uh, inviting us up to stay at your house. What was your home address again? I, I don't know if we covered that, but uh, <laughs> no. I love Washington it's, State. It's a great place to, to visit because I like to come home where it's warmer, but. It's odd. It seems like our connection cut out for a mi- moment there. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> but but pe- next time we're together, we will have to have Natilla crepes. Yes. Absolutely. If people yes. want to get a hold of you or, or find out about what all kind of world domination you got going on, what's the best place to, to reach you and to find out more about you? Well, my home on the web is jodymayberry.com. And there's no Y in Mayberry, M-A-B-E-R-Y, but I thought ahead and I have the domain in the proper (laughs) spelling and the misspelling because I know (laughs) what will happen. And on most of the social channels, I am Jody Mayberry, except Instagram, I'm Sugar J Mayberry. (laughs) And and then if you're interested in the the podcast magic course, you can just send me a message and I'll give you more information. If you or, or you can go to jodymayberry.com slash podcast magic. If, if you've been holding on to this, not knowing if you should launch, you want to, th- this will, this will certainly help, but you, that's where you can find me. Jodymayberry.com plus I'm most of the places on the internet under that name. <laughs> there you go. If you like everything you heard in this episode, be sure to check out the show notes at beyondtherut.com slash one six nine. There you'll find links to Jody's website, his social media handles, as well as links to some of his podcasts. You definitely need to check out the Jody Mayberry show, as well as creating Disney magic. And we'll put a couple of extra bonus links in there for you, just for you. Now, we're so glad you joined us this week. And with that, we invite you to join us next week, because we're going to have another conversation with Jody about some of the things that uh, just more lessons he learned from these years that he's been podcasting. Uh, It was a great time for us to spend with him and you're going to enjoy it too. So until next time, go live life beyond the rut. Take care. You know, the best thing I love about Cap Show is that they have one of the best communities ever. As a Cap Showvian myself, 
I always get invited to masterminds with industry leaders to get the insights and marketing strategies that take my business to the next level. Plus, they love surprising and delighting us. Go to beyondtherut.com slash capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day free trial with the Capshow team today and join me inside that community.